All right, everyone, welcome back to this November 6th edition of the Helen at the Mic podcast. Um, I'm Chris, and I'm, I'm alongside my co-host Peyton tonight. Um, a little a little better vibes with the team, I think, since the last podcast. I think, uh, I think the previous win over the Houston Rockets last night did a little bit to calm the nerves of some of the fan base after kind of a tumultuous five and five start is that the right word or is that i don't know the, i don't know what that uh, word means chris that's gonna you're gonna have to pull out <laughs> you're gonna have to define that one that gonna add that one to your uh, list of into your thesaurus but um yeah i think that i think vibes are a little better depending how you look at it the way i look at it i think vibes might even be a little a little worse after that game because now you look at it and say okay if we don't have rudy gobert this is what we can do the team looked a lot better it looked um Everything was moving a lot better. It looked like the Wolves last year. It looked like kind of what we're used to in Wolves basketball. So it's kind of teasing us of like what we could have if we didn't do the Gobert trade. So once he comes back, we're going to have to go back to this 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 process of learning, this process of the slow grind and it's going to be painful. It's going to be slow, but uh it was nice to get a it was nice to get a dub because if we would have lost that game to the Rockets, wow. I don't know what I don't even know what I would say. Yeah, let, let's get in front of this narrative too before before it starts anywhere else. Um, yes, we won without Rudy Gobert. I think a lot of people will point to the fact that it looked more spaced and the ball was moving more freely. If I'm being honest, I don't think that really had too much to do with Rudy Gobert um, per se. I think it has a lot to do with a guy who is in five out of five of our top net rating lineups this year, Mr. Jordan McLaughlin. Mm. That guy has a case to be the starting point guard on this team. And there, there's a, a few reasons, I think, I think, you know, for that to happen. Um, but again, it is early in the season, you know, net rating based on the first 10 game isn't, isn't a full sample size to, you know, see whether or not a lineup's good. But I think the ball movement has looked better these last two games. And, you know, Mr. 10 assist a game, Jordan McLaughlin is a big reason why. Chris, you just made me think of that. Like, what what would the harm be of having D'Angelo Russell come off the bench, six man? I mean, maybe that could be that could fix the problem for not having for having too many ball dominant players in the starting lineup. You bring a guy like D'Lo in as the six man, he gets a little bit more freedom, he gets a little bit more of that Nas Reed D'Lo connection. I that that could be an option that we should, maybe should explore. And Peyton, you just hit the nail on the head. My I told you I had a hot take before the was show. Was that the started. hot take? The hot take was the starting lineup should be Jordan McLaughlin, okay. Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Kyle Anderson, who's been who was tremendous last last night, by the way, and Cat. That should be the starting wait, wait, five wait, wait, we roll back. out. And, oh, hold on, go hold back. On. I, 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 you lost me there. What was it again? So we got Jordan McLaughlin, okay. Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Kyle Anderson at the four, and Mr. Cat at the five. And hear me out. We platoon that. With D'Lo, Nas, um, Noel, uh, we got TP, and then we got Gobert. And we do this pl- little platoon lineup, and it works the best of both worlds for everyone. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, Ant, you should look at the Ant and McLaughlin net ratings together. They're, they're the best. They're the best on the team right now. So, I mean, I'm not saying you roll out two just specific lineups like that. No one can interchange and play with each other, but I think those are your – those are your two bread and butter lineups, especially when like the starters start coming out. You have to leave in players to get those two lineups, I think, the most on the floor. It's cause that that's what's working right now. You gotta if you're Finch, you gotta hammer the lineups that are working. And that, I think right. that's what he did well the other night, and that's why we won. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think you cannot start Gobert. I think that's just a he he's gonna start. He's gonna have to start every game just just based off of like you can't pay you can't overpay that much for a player and then not start him. But D'Lo, I really I like that. I like that a lot. And I, I don't know. It's it kind of draws it draws parallels to Russell Westbrook. And I think the issue with explaining that to D'Lo is he's one obviously not going to take that well. I don't think coming off the bench. He's kind of got the he's he's not really he, you know he. Remember after the game six when we lost and he got pulled, we were at the game. Yeah. Remember he was not happy in the post game. He's they asked him if he was all right with that. He said no. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah. Hell, I, I I agree with him. I wouldn't be happy with that shit either. It's just I I feel like delo has got a pretty big head when it comes you think to. So? So when know. it comes to viewing how he plays, I think he really, I think he thinks he's better than he is, and that shows in his play style. You can see we can't have the three for fifteen D'Lo nights. Like that's not acceptable. That, that when we have that many talented scorers on the team, and he's the one taking fifteen shots, you yeah. can't have that unless he's making more than half, or unless he's on the bench and he's coming off and doing that with the bench players when shots need to be taken, when the balls when the ball's stagnant. So. That would be that would be a true test because he always talks about he's he's a he's a leader he um he loves the coaches him and Finch are always talking if he could man up and leave his ego behind and do something like that for the team wow I mean I I would respect him so much I already respect Elo a lot as a, as a person as a player but I would I would respect that because that takes a lot and you know maybe he comes off the bench and then he starts heating up and then he he earns his way back in the starting lineup I don't know. I just think Jordan McLaughlin's playing too well right now to not. He he deserves the opportunity in the at the end of the day. I mean, I it's tough because contract shouldn't play a part in the amount of minutes you're getting. It's just I I hate that philosophy that you feel like you have to start or you have to give this player so many minutes. No, if they're not playing up to what they're supposed to be playing, then no. D'Lo right now is one of the worst players in the NBA net, net rating wise. Yeah, you but, cannot play this guy if he's playing this bad. But exactly, but I also I think that it might benefit him in the long run play, coming off the bench maybe. 100%, 100%. I think it would it would be a better fit for him if he came off the bench, if he got to take more shots, if he got to really play his game cuz yeah, when he's out there with Cat and Ant and sometimes no it's just not it doesn't work. And we 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 talked about this last time, and we're talking about it again. And I'd like to highlight another player, too, we were talking about. Kyle Anderson, I think, was tremendous against the Rockets. I don't know if you caught most of the game or not. I saw but a little bit of it, yeah. He was, he was the other point guard out there besides McLaughlin. He was, he was distributing. He was help defense. He was just talking. Like it, it's, it's very reminiscent of Pat Bev, and mm. that's really good to see a guy like that stepping up. And I know TP's been doing a lot of that, too. You can see him really TP. stepping up, shooting, talking more. He. You know, him and Kyle Anderson, I think, are very important glue guys for this team. And you, you saw it when Kyle Anderson was out those few games with the back spasms. That team was not the same no. defensively or offensively. So it, it's that signing two for 18, I think, was Tim Connolly's probably best signing of the offseason. And it was pretty under the radar, too. So I, I think Kyle Anderson might also, you know, need to. That's the issue with having Gobert and Cat is I think Kyle Anderson deserves to be playing some starting minutes right now it's just how do you if you're Finch it's how do you you know put this whole thing together and he's gonna find it it's just like we said 20 games we're and we're halfway through that so are we making this is a this is a good you know segue we're halfway through our 20 game benchmark of this team supposedly hopefully figuring it out mostly nothing's ever going to be perfect right through 10 games 
is the progress good enough right now? Are we farther along than we should be? Are we not as far as we should be? Or are we just right for, for 10 games so far? You know, considering the teams we played too. Yeah. Considering our schedule, considering we had a pretty easy, st- I don't know. I like to say like, I think the last game when we showed that flash of literally like that team was what we looked like in the play. I mean, a little bit worse, but almost like we looked like in the playoffs, like it was just reminiscent of like what we could be. And I, I'm, I don't know. I think the growing pains, every game there's been flashes. There's been a few minutes here and there where we look great. There's been a few quarters where we look great. We've looked great for a full half sometimes too. So there's a lot of pieces and it just like, with a guy like Chris Finch, who I would say he's the Sean McVay of the NBA, I, I would I would have to say it. I think he's the Sean McVay of the NBA. It's gonna take time, but he's learning. He's putting it together. I got no doubt, and I'm 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 happy with where we are right now. I'm I'm, I'm happy. We're what, I, what's I our record? Too. What's our are we five hundred still? We're five and five. Yep. Yeah. I mean, what what more could you want? What more could you want? I mean, something I've been seeing recently on on Twitter, especially. Um, a lot of the fans are calling for Finch, man, and I'm like, dude, come you gotta on, get man. Get off Wolves Twitter, we, man. That's we just... get we we get a coach for the first time ever, and you're already trying to fire. Like, think about how bad Ryan was, and then you'll be like, you'll never talk about Chris Finch in your life, and you'll be like, you know, you know what? You're right. Let's not talk about Finchy. Finchy is, I promise you guys, not the issue. It's <laughs> no. it's it's the player. It's on the players to start trying to figure this out a little bit more. There's a, there's only so much a basketball coach can do. And I mean, we played the sport coaches are important, but at the end of the day, if the players don't execute, I mean, what is there? What, what you can't, you can't be a coach and be on the floor at the same time. I think he's putting guys into good positions. I think the ball gets sticky and that's on the players. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's like what Steve Nash said. He literally, as he was exiting the Brooklyn Nets, he's like, they're not, they don't listen to me. I can't do anything. Like the coach can only do so much. If the the players aren't going to listen to the coach, well, you can't do anything about it. Yeah, and I, I know Finch harped on it when they when he did his media session after the after the prior loss to the Bucks. Bucks. All they focused on was ball movement and practice, and I really can appreciate that because that is, you know, when this team's moving the ball and people are cutting and people are moving, it's a lot more fun to watch it's and so it's a lot better, easier man. to get offense. Man, it's it's use in. This is uh, this again points to the argument of Jordan McLaughlin, man. That's all he. That's all the guy does is move the ball, play defense, get steals. Same with Kyle Anderson, same thing. You just th- love players like Chris, that. I think the thing with those two guys specifically is I don't know their personalities. I've never met them in person, but I feel like they're two guys. They don't give a shit if they start or if they come off the bench or at all. Like they they're just out there to move the ball. They their really egos don't. aren't checked. They have no ego. They don't care if they start. They don't care if they're going to be playing the same amount of minutes all over. And I, I respect the hell out of that. What about Nas Reed? What are we do? What are we going to do with Nas Reed? Nas Reed deserves a lot of credit and hopefully a payday in his future. And I hope it's with us. I really hope we we had we can do keep we Nas around long term. Of course, I think we do. Right. I think Finch. I think Finch is really trying to you know get Nas into the game these last few games. He, right. It was very apparent that he was struggling kind of to figure out where Nas fit, but these last three or four games, he was, he was asked about it. He said, yeah, I got to do a better job of getting Nas in the game because Nas has been awesome on defense and offense so far. I mean, shooting has been about average, but I think Nas looks a lot leaner and he's yes. been getting to the paint and finishing, man. That's he what looks he's more like well. a three dash, like a three or a four than a five. Then what? I don't yeah. know. He, yeah, he's, he's moving. Um, also Jaden McDaniels, bro. He, uh, He's making really that. Good game. You think he's making the leap? 
I think he's in, in his process. own way. In his own yeah. way, making the third year leap in his own way. I do, man. I think the defense has been phenomenal. I think it's been all defense caliber so far these first yes. um, ten games. I've been really, really impressed with Jaden. I think uh, once, I mean, the, the, the three point shot's been really good this year too, for the most part. Um, it's just I think he's still figuring out the creation part. You can kind of see. There's a lot of these plays where he's up ahead on the fast break. They pass him the ball up on the wing, and he's got he's got his guy on him on the fast break. He does the one, does the euro into the paint, looks to either pass or get the layup. I think that's still developing. Um, got to be more decisive. Mid- yeah, he's more decisive. I don't know if you noticed, but I thought his mid-range has been better too recently. I think he, he's going to figure it all out by the end of the season. He's going to have it all out. So third, I think you can look for the fourth-year contract year, Jaden McDaniels, to be – the ideal player. I think this year is a lot of a lot of learning for him. So fair enough. I'm 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 cool with him still growing. I like that. Um, another point I want to bring up. So the Suns game was, I think it was Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday last week, whatever. I was watching it. Um, it was a late late game, 9 p.m. start here, and I remember texting you. I was like, dude, the mid range is open every single pick and roll. Because when Rudy Gobert or Cat sets a pick, they they do drop coverage. I, I think with Gobert. They do the drop coverage, and that mid-range for Ant, for D'Lo, for Jalen Noel, or a little floater is there every single time. It's wide open. I don't know why they are not exploiting that. Yeah, I I was really struggling again with Jalen Noel that night. There was a couple things he was doing, I think, that were just the wrong. I think I think sometimes he forces it a little too much when, when he comes – he. I think he comes into the game just looking to like just fire away immediately trying to get into the game. And I think he's got to take a step back, get into his role and be, be really good in his role. And that's just helping out with the scoring. I mean, it's, you're not looking for him to come in and do anything crazy. You're just looking for him to come in and supplement the scoring. So, I mean, I think that aspect's got to get a little bit better for him. I think it's the decision-making at times to it's, it's the catch the ball in less than a second. You either pump fake pass or go, right? It's yeah. the, it's, it's what this team's got to do. And it's not just Jalen. I think it's, it's a lot of the perimeter guys right now. So I think, especially in that Suns game, that was apparent. I think they just needed to be decisive and do, do something like you can't just sit there and hold the ball, dribble, dribble pass. That's dude. Those Suns, that Suns are a damn good team. Like mm-hmm. they were like sometimes in 2k, I've noticed when you're playing or back in the day in 2k, when you're playing like the CPU Warriors or whatever, and Clay, and they just—it's like a game where you're meant to lose, and they just make every single shot every time down the court. That's mm-hmm. what the Suns are like. We couldn't make a mistake because if we missed a shot, they would go down and make it. Like we—we we made it close, but they just—they're—they're well, they're gonna be out with a very, very important piece though. I don't. Cam Johnson hit 26 against us. You remember that? Yeah. Who was guarding he, him? He just tore his meniscus, so oh. he's out for a little bit. So I mean, that's a ginormous hit for that Suns team because he's a huge he's a great piece, player, bro. Because he's he's filling in for Jay Crowder, who's upset right now, looking to get traded, and that's a that's a tough. I mean, he killed us. I know that for he sure. He was the reason us. they won that game. So. Yeah, like I, I was wondering who the hell was guarding him. Like that, that should be Jaden McDaniels not even letting him touch the ball there, and that he was getting open every possession. Like he's, he's that brings me us. that brings me to the issue that I brought up the last podcast too, which I I said I think was my biggest issue with this team so far, and that's been the perimeter, like not getting out on shooters. We've been giving up wide open threes in every single game so far. I don't know if you noticed, but every team shoots like a really good three point percentage because we give. 
wide NBA open NBA players wide open threes. <laughs> you can't threes. give an NBA player wide open three. Any any NBA player. I wouldn't even give Rudy Gobert wide open threes. Oh, like, God. I'm, I might give him one after that one. Jeez. Did you see that three-pointer he took? Oh, He's getting influenced by Cat a little too much. But, yeah, you can't give an NBA player an open three, no matter what. And, like, you got you got to close out to shoot. I don't know. And then we've also talked about this is when they're shooting so many threes, they're going to have these long rebounds, and that's when we struggle if we give up the long rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, as you can tell, there's still a few issues with the team. But I think to your point, to your point earlier, I think some of this stuff is getting ironed out slowly, but surely yeah. like the, the spacing and the ball movement, I think is they're figuring it out. a little. They're figuring out the lineup combinations they're figuring out people's tendencies. That's good. I think the defensive end might be like the, the thing where we're all not really looking at cause it's not flashy like offense, but there's some, some things that really need to get fixed, you know, within there um, that have to do with the drop scheme. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. I hope it gets ironed out here in the next 10 games. Um I think what's another big thing I was trying to bring? Um cat. Cat. I want to do a, I wanted to do a little synopsis on cat this episode cuz I feel like we did a lot of cat episodes last year. I don't think we've went in deep. He gets on he's kind of the yet. forgotten wolf, honestly, like cuz so most hated wolf, Delo. <laughs> most loved wolf, Ant. I don't, cat might be the most hated wolf. I think this year it's D'Lo right now. I think okay, D'Lo, okay. I'm saying right That's now fair. the reason why Cat's not getting talked about is because it's D'Lo and Cat are kind of lo- most loved, most or most hated, like teeter totter. And then Gobert is just the unsung wolf. No one, no one talks about Gobert really as a player. Have you noticed that? Like the, the games that he has, like no one really talks about like him like having 20 points, 20 rebounds. Like it's just kind of like oh, it's not working. But Gobert's having a great season. Yeah, but Cat, and- get into Cat. I will get into cat because I thought last game was actually really was a really good cat game. I don't know. I, he was, I thought he was playing really well in the paint for the most part. Um, the three ball was finally going down, which was huge for him. Opens up everything else. Opens up everything else. Once he gets that. Yeah. Shot going. He, his passing has been great this year so far too. So I, I've been really impressed with cat. I know a lot of people are down on him right now and I don't, I actually don't know why, because he's for sure not the reason why this team is five and five. I think it's honestly probably mostly, Ant and D'Lo at to this point, why they're five and five. Um, and I hate to say that, but there is still some issues with cats cat that I have. And it's really nothing to do with his like playing. It's I'm so sick and tired of the interviews and of the complaining on the court. It's it's I get he is who he is, He's but he is. told us, he told us in an interview that he would dial it down and it is not it is not dialed down it is since wrapped up it's every single call now chris and it's affecting his play when he does it and he's and he's still phenomenal but he could be even better if he didn't complain chris how many times has someone told you something and then just did the exact opposite in your life how many times oh a lot but this is basketball this isn't just random stuff in my life no this is basketball exactly cat he that's who he is i i've i already have it's part of his game. It's sometimes like, um, like Steve or I'm trying to think of a who's a really good player that can't shoot threes. Um, Jared Allen. Jared. Oh, I thought you said Jared Allen. Okay. No. No, on the it's cast. like Jared Allen. No, no, I got to come up with. No, it's like Tom Brady. It's like Tom Brady, right? <laughs> no, you got to accept him for who he is. Tom Brady is not scrambling for forty to fifty yards in a game. He can't. Agreed. That's not him. 
what he does is he passes the ball. He does great at other things. What I've noticed about Cat is the one thing you have to accept about him is he's going to complain about calls. He's going to say stupid shit in interviews. It's just who he is. I don't I don't think there's any changing in that. I, I honestly, I don't think so. I think last year, I think if he watched back the playoff tapes and saw that maybe that's the reason why we lost to the Grizzlies is because he mentally collapsed in three out of the – it because he it literally mentally collapsed like four times. That's why we lost to the Grizzlies. If he's not look, able to look at that tape and see that and change, it's just not going to happen. I, there's no way that he will ever change. And I, you just got to accept it and look at the positives with Cat because I don't know. I honestly, I don't think it can ever change. I agree. And you, you brought up a good point. So, like, we talk about so much how Cat mentally collapsed in the playoffs. <laughs> why do we never, why does no one ever bring up D'Lo? Like, D'Lo didn't collapse. He just, did, he wasn't even there. He was yeah. just a ghost on the court. Yeah. Why does no one bring that up? You ever see you ever see like the missing posters and it says mi- missing since the play-in game? Yeah. That's exa- it's exactly right. Yeah. I, I, mean, I it's yeah. funny the it's it's the narratives. There's just so many narratives in this community. I love it though. It's the fun of it. Yeah, the well, I mean, for the first couple of days after the playoffs it was okay, that was Delo's last game. I I mean, I honestly kind of believed it. I didn't want to believe it, but I was like, yeah, there's no way that your starting point guard gets benched in game six of the playoffs for a guy who is on, was J-Mac on a two-way last year? Jordan McLaughlin was on a two-way For contract, a two-way yes. guy. He gets benched for a two-way guy. Well, I think he, I, in in fairness, I think he did get signed in the middle of the season. Okay, or whatever. Like but he started out on a two. Like, you can't have your $30 million point guard on the bench at the end of a playoff series. That's just not acceptable. So I was like, all right, he's not playing here, so he's going somewhere else. But he, he came back and... What, yeah. ki- what it kills me, man, because you just get a little production out of him. We beat the Gri- we like we beat the Grizzlies pretty handily, and like that that team was a good team. Is it, like, and that that brings me before before the show started. You you mentioned a Jim was it a Jim Pete quote? Jim Pete. He said this this team might not be right this entire year. Like yeah. so, in saying that, do you think? This year's team will ever be as good as or better than the next team in this in this first year, as last year's team was. That you think peak. you think at, this team at its peak this year will be better than our team last year at its peak? Is that what you're saying? The best, the yeah, this yeah. year the team. How how can I word this? So I don't know this this year's team playing the best it possibly can this year. Yes, their best moment this year. Do you the think peak. they'll be better than last year's? The peak, peak this year will be better yeah. than the peak last. Um. I do. Or do you think it'll take multiple years? I think that this year's team playing at its peak could beat last year's team playing at its peak, just based off of having Rudy, like having Rudy Gobert. I think that that whenever we played a big seven footer last year, we got destroyed. Like we literally, Cat couldn't do anything. Cat would foul out. Um, like we would get destroyed. So if we if Gobert, I don't ask. It's a it's a good question, but I do it's think it's a good so. question. I think that when you add a all defensive player of the year to your team, I and I just don't see how. I don't know. It's just t- like it's like do they reach that? Do they reach that? They form might not this year this year. at any point though. They yeah, might that's not. what I'm saying. Jim Pete. I mean that I heard that quote and that's hard to hear, but I really do think that that's that that's true and that and let and I guess what you're saying what we're saying is like that that might not mean. We still might be better than we were last year at some point this season, but we still have a long ways to go. And it's very late tonight. It's a Sunday night, so if me and Chris aren't making any sense, give us a break. 
Yeah, we do need a break. We don't we don't usually do the podcast too late at night. It's good I though. Feel I feel like ca- this last minute does not make any sense. No, I, mean, need, I, I need to draw it, it out. It's a, it's a hard way. way. Yeah, it's a it's a hard way to like I don't think this team this year is going to get close to what their peak can possibly be. And right. I, I absolutely hate to say that, but it's just after seeing 10 after after going into the one eighth of the season so far, I think it's apparent that there needs to be like growth on a year long basis, not just not just a season basis. So, I mean, it, it's going to take a couple, you know, years and off seasons probably to function. And that's normal for a team building up to a championship. It's those Golden State Warriors needed needed from 2012 to 2015 to you know yeah. build that core and build that chemistry so yeah. it's and i mean with like nba twitter timberwolves twitter everyone wants it right now everyone wants it right away but i don't know man i feel like an old head i'm a 21 year old kid but i feel like an old head when it comes to talking about this like it, it's gonna take some time i just want to see gradual growth i want to see i want to see good coaching and i think finch can do that and honestly man what we've been talking about so far I think D'Lo, I think there needs to be a change with D'Lo. I don't necessarily think it means we need to get rid of D'Lo, but there needs to be a change. And if he can't do it on the starting lineup, I think you need to bench him. Put him on the, as a sixth man and see what happens. See how he reacts. See if he can if he can turn it around and make something good out of that. So in the moment right now, would you lean more towards trading D'Lo or would you lean more towards keeping him? And it, it doesn't have to be an ultimate decision. Just what are you leaning on, on a meter right now? Are you leaning right. more towards? I still, I still am leaning towards keeping him if we can do it for the right amount of money because what Dane Moore was tweeting about was that we have no assets. We have no picks. We can't say trade D'Lo and picks because we don't have any picks. It would have to be we'd have to trade someone like Jaden McDaniels or someone – who's valuable to this team with D'Lo if we wanted to get anything in return. Besides, it would just be just getting rid of him. I just don't think there's an option where it would be trading D'Lo would make any sense because I just don't know what we'd get back in return. Yeah, so I guess this is interesting. So if you don't re-sign him this year, you're going to probably have McLaughlin at starting point guard. And then I, do you go, do you go, do you go bin digging for a mid-level exception point guard? Who's probably not good at all. Or do you draft a second rounder to back up a, or does Wendell draft, Moore like, how dude, do you, I, I would not be satisfied if Jordan McLaughlin is the starting point. I, he's been good, but, but he's good la- in his role. Remember last year at the beginning of the season, how bad he was when we were, he was horrible at the beginning of yeah. the season. He was horrible. I, I'm, if we're going to try to make it, make it to the conference finals next year, or a championship next year, we're not doing it with J-Mac as a starting point guard. I love him, but I think he's a great backup point guard. And I think that's all he is. I don't think he will ever be anything more than that on this team. But I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Isn't that what we said about Tyus at the beginning, though, too, when he was on the Timberwolves? It was. I mean, and now, now that's the exact guy I want. I want Tyus Jones so bad for this team, or Monte Morris, those two guys, or Trey Jones. So you, you know, you're bringing up a good. That's point. just that's just the trainer. Like until Jordan McLaughlin does something so stupid that I don't like him though. anymore. He doesn't, he, but do he doesn't do stuff. he doesn't he's, do stupid stuff. He's an assist to turnover god. He's in that family. He's in that Tyus Jones family tree of the assist to turnover. Like ideally, I wish he could shoot a little better, but I mean, at the end to. of the day, he doesn't. He doesn't need, need to. to. He doesn't need to. I know. I uh, assisted turnover is such a funny stat because you look at like the NBA leaderboard, and there's like five guys who are just like four to one, five to one, just insane. 
And then everyone else is like not even close. Like it's just like there's a group of guys that do it so well, and then there's everyone else who's just not. I'll, I'll give you three right now. You got the Chris Paul. Well, no, I could give you four. Trey and Tyus are both in that category. Yeah. Jordan McLaughlin and Chris Paul. Those and, are the four guys you always see. And Monte Morris. You got to give him Iowa Morris. State okay. legend. He was an NCAA leader in assist turnover ratio three years in a row. Actually better than Tyus Jones one year. So he's right up there in the, on the Washington Wizards. Got to give him the respect. Oh, yeah. I forgot he got traded. He got traded. That, we that was a weird trade. That was a weird trade. The yeah. KCP and some, someone else to Denver. Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting trade. We could have tra- tried for Monte Morris. I don't know why we didn't. But, yeah, is – is Jordan McLaughlin just coming into his own as being the next Tyus Jones? I don't know. That's a really good point you bring up. Yeah, it's just, oh, man. It's so I just, awkward. We're in such, there's such a predicament. That's what I'm saying. The D'Lo predicament's so awkward because he's not going to take like a two years, $20 million contract. He's not. I wouldn't sign D'Lo for more than $15 million, would you? No, and if I'm D'Lo, I, would, I don't want D'Lo to do that either. I want D'Lo to go somewhere where he has a chance to succeed because I know he can. It's just he's not able to succeed right now with this team unless he makes some changes. Unless if he's able to consciously make the change, that's awesome. But if it needs to be Coach Finch benching him, I'm okay with that as well. I think that's okay. Gosh, it's it's I'm starting to it's it's nice because I think last year was so fun just because all the storylines happening and all like the different like personalities. And I think this team's finally getting there. Like there's a lot, there is a lot of storylines now, a lot of different personalities being made apparent. There's been some drama at the beginning of the season. And I think that's a, I mean, you had the cat and the ant stuff and then like, (laughs) wait, you're talking about the ant comments. Yeah. No, the Popeye stuff. Oh, I thought you were talking about the ant, uh, no, Instagram no, and then you have, the D-Lo, you have the D-Lo drama right now where, like, he's just not contributing in any fashion whatsoever. I mean, I think all really good teams have to deal with something like this, though. They have to deal with early roadblocks, and yeah. I think the the earlier you get it out, the better you're going to be later in the season for it. And, you know, I hope that's the case for this team. I mean, if I have to make a big statement here, it's I don't know, I – I'd put $100 on it right now that D'Lo is going to be on the team at the end of the season. Like, there's there's not a, a situation where D'Lo's not on the team. So, either we're going to have to figure it out or it's just going to keep it's going to keep messing with us. I don't know. That's I think that's the number one storyline we look at right now. Dang, man. Is he going to be on the team? You think he's going to get traded? You brought up a good point. In order to, you know, off, it's, it's easy to offload – his contract, but you would have to attach something of value for someone to take on that contract. So like, would someone take a, I don't know. Could you, could you flip a Nas Reed for someone? Could you do that with D'Lo? See, that would make and a lot of sense. Do you want to do that? I it would, I make would a lot want of to sense. do that. We already have two all NBA centers. Why do we need Nas Reed? I think someone would take Nas Reed for, for their point card. I think someone actually would. Cause I think Nas is going to be commanding like, three for 30 type money, 10 year, you know, I mean, 10 million a year type, a type money to be a starting four or five. Cause I think he's about, val- I think he's valuable enough to do that. It's just, you got to find the right. It takes two to tango is there is our boy Doogie always says it takes two to tango. And is there a team that's looking to eat up some salary right now? No, because all the teams are pretty close right now. All the teams are still competing. It's the beginning of the season. So we got. I think this is a discussion, probably more for the trade deadline, and 
that'll be something to put put in the back pocket. I think. I I think I'd rather see D'Angelo Russell figure it out with the Wolves, and I'd rather see us re-sign him at the end of the year. That's kind of what I I think is ideal. I think you build with what you have instead of throwing it out the window. If you're if you got to build with what you know, we've seen flashes from D'Lo. There's been times, Chris, where Cat and D'Lo have been on the floor for a whole game, and D'Lo has been the best player on the court. In a whole game. It has, but yeah. when does that happen? One out of 20 games? I'm just saying it's there. It's the, I, You can see it sometimes. Remember the uh, 76ers game last year? I do. I do remember the that Sixers game. That was insane. Game. That was one of the best games I've seen by a Wolf ever. I mean, all, he won, He was one of the big he reasons why the, we won the – He won the playing game for us. We can't, Okay, we can't say that. And, I, and also had a – Yes. Had some big shots. He, he he played a major factor in without us D'Lo, we don't game. win that game. Of course, I think I exactly. And I if I I think if we don't win that game, I don't think we make it to the next round. You think we get out outed think, by the Pelicans? Probably. I think we would have been outed by the Pelicans, who are my favorite team in the league right now. They're good. They're a good team. Hey, I make that. I me and my roommate have the argument. My roommate hates Zion Williamson. He's all on the Zion Williamson fats fast food. That's such a the bizarre memes. take. Like, who actually hates Zion though? He like, hates, you can make fun. Of, you can make greatest. fun of him for that. But he hates greatest. But Zion's like, so good. I think Zion is like, he's borderline has a chance to be the best player in the league. I think like he is just unstoppable, and he's always making. Damn, that, not <laughs> hold right on, now. Hold on. Not right oh, okay, now. Okay, okay. Not right now. He's I, not I the respect best player that. in the league, but I think he has potential to be the best player in the league at some point in his career. If he stays healthy, I I for sure think he can. But again, he already missed a few games. Right, but that's just low. They're trying to load management, load management. And the argument I hate when people make the Zion fat jokes because Zion Williamson is one of the best athletes in the world. You tell me a guy that big and you see him jump, <laughs> he's one of the best athletes in the world. You know, too, if you're gonna make the Zion fat jokes, then you, you honestly have to. You would have to in. In theory, you'd have to keep that same energy for Anthony Edwards because that guy looks like a tank right now. But he's not fat; he's just built. Dude, and I—it's the same thing. You're right; it's the same thing. So if you're gonna call him big, then you gotta call him big too. Dude, if you're gonna call Zion big, look at his arms. Yeah, fucking jacked. Yeah, like I, I. I, But realistically, though, right now, I think talking about best players in the league, Luca and Giannis are just. Insane. Two players that are completely separate from the yeah. entire league. Those two guys are so much better than everyone. Maybe you could throw Jokic in there too. Yoke is pretty good, but no. those two guys, Giannis and Luca, are, are different, bro. They're different. Yeah, they're no they're doubt all time about greats. it. They're all time greats. Yeah. Um. Oh, one last question for fun question before we end it. You taking Ja or Zion? If you could, if you could, if you had the first pick in the draft again. It's a tough one, man. Because Jaws, we hate Jaw. Because we hate Jaws having a tremendous season right now. I would. Oh, bro, I don't know. That's tough. I think Jaw at the moment, but if Zion shows me he can be consistent this entire season, because Zion had one of the best rookie seasons of all time. He was one of the best players in the league as a rookie. Like he's top. I I don't want to disrespect Jaw. I'm gonna say Jaw at the moment just because he's shown me. He's, He's in the MVP race right now, so yeah. I'm gonna go Ja. But 
I think Zion can change my mind by the end of the year, depending on the Pels. If the Pels finish top three seeding in the West, I'll give it to Zion. Which they could. They damn near could, bro. I do they not want to play the Pels. They're a good team. What about you? Like, I, I want to say Zion because I'm a big Zion supporter, but I also – John Morant makes your whole team better. He's a great passer. Hey, go ahead. Sorry. I, he's a great passer, I but I I do I cannot stand John Morant just after we played him, but – my my guy Desmond Bain is looking elite right now. I think he's averaged twenty seven on like fifty percent from Shit. three. The dude's just Shit. dude's oh, insane, was, bro. Like we always say, like when we're playing the the Grizzlies, I hated every single person on that team besides Kyle Anderson and Desmond Bain. I respected Brandon Clark too. He killed us. Yeah, he was, he was good. <laughs> he was all right too. But yeah, everyone else was just so annoying. But Desmond Bain, he's just a quiet killer. Like he was just so good, so quiet. But yeah, um, nice nice Sunday conversation here, Chris. Yeah, this this was more like a conversation. There's not like too many like topics. This was a good just state of the wolves type type episode. State of the I union. Just, state of the yeah. union through ten games. How are we feeling? What's the? And you know, I want to I want to know how you guys are feeling in the comment section. How are you guys feeling right now? I I got good vibes heading into this tough part of the schedule. I don't know if it's just me, but I got good vibes. I think this team's starting to figure it out a little bit. I think so, too. So, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we have a new episode potentially Wednesday, Chris. I mean, I think we want to get back on the every Wednesday. So we had I, to, like the two, I like the two a weeks, honestly. Just I mean, straight I don't podcast know if, format. Yeah, I don't know if we'll be able to do two a week every week, but as long as we can get that every Wednesday, I think that that's really important. Yeah. But maybe a Wednesday, yeah. Sunday like this. this. This works out good for me. Works out good for my schedule. Yeah. But, I'm yeah, down. thank you guys for listening, and, uh, you know, have a great week.